0: Yeah, Welcome, Americans, to your 4th of July special on Fantasy Baseball today. It takes like a minute or so to get to the chorus, so there's going to be a lot of music at the start <laughs> of the show.
1: That's that's Living with a Hernia, right? Living with that's a living Hernia by Weird it. Al, no. absolutely. Yes, okay. <laughs> uh, can't bend over. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm
0: Adam Azer, <laughs> that's Scott White. We're recording this on Wednesday night. We get loopy at night, it's, or at least I do anyway. And uh, I am in total four-day weekend mode. Except that we are doing video Sunday uh, for the for CBS Sports HQ. So check that out from three to three to six p.m. Eastern on HQ. So we got a special guest today. We have Frank Stample from the BFFs of the Fantasy Sports Network. You can follow him on Twitter at Roto underscore Frank. And Frank, welcome to the show. Welcome to America. <laughs>
2: Thank you. Wait, for shut up, me. Frank. Thank you for having me shut up. on the show in America.
0: Don't talk over James Brown, Frank. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I told Frank to shut up. He's a guest, and I just told him to shut up. The reason why—so, actually no, Frank, and he's been listening to our show, he said, for 10 years, which is crazy, because I, like, I think we've been doing it for 11. So yeah. I actually really have wanted to have you on for a while. Welcome to the show, man, and um, thanks for coming on tonight. I appreciate it, buddy.
2: Well, I appreciate that, Adam. And, yes, uh, first and foremost— I am a fanboy of this show. I've been listening to it since I was in college, so uh, it's pretty awesome to be joining you guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, it's awesome. And uh, we're we're not going to talk about too much of Wednesday's games. We will talk about Dylan Cease. Chris Sale had another bad outing. That's three in a row. Um, we talked about Danny Jansen on Wednesday's actual show. Uh, you know, the one that aired on Wednesday, and he homered off Chris Sale. Yu Darvish was bad again. It might be time to cut ties with Yu Darvish and Sonny Gray. Last I checked, eight scoreless innings with twelve strikeouts against Cincinnati, so against Milwaukee, pardon me. So um, we'll cu- try to keep you updated on some of the important stuff from around baseball. Let me get through some news and notes real quick. Uh, we'll read your emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi dot com. Scott's going to give us his second round of his twenty twenty draft. He gave us round one yeah. a couple of days. Yeah,
1: been waiting a couple of days for that. Yeah, I know. Uh- a lot of anticipation.
0: So, Tommy Lestella has a broken leg and the Angels are calling up third baseman Matt Theiss. And Tommy Lestella is out, I think, 10 to 12, 8 to 12, 10 to 12 weeks. He's out for a while. Uh, Scott, does Matt Theiss interest you at all? And, uh, you know what? Two for one. The Cubs are calling up infielder Robel Garcia. Do either of these guys seem fantasy relevant to you?
1: Uh, Not in a like a standard mixed-league sense, at least not right away. Theis has been a good OBP guy in the minors. What he's lacked, really, is home-run power, but it's, how many times have we seen a guy get called up and, and suddenly there's a new skill that manifests in his home-run power? So I'm at least keeping an eye on him. A little surprising they didn't go back to Taylor Ward again, who's having a good season, but he's been playing a lot of outfield at AAA. We'll see how Theis does.
0: And not Robel Garcia for the Cubs.
1: Uh no not really,
0: okay, yeah yeah I mean that's there's Addison Russell playing second base there's Bodie playing the infield, so
1: yeah I'm just you know not sure is. I'm not sure like they're not it's not in response to an injury right I mean he he has shown a lot of power no in it's
0: it's it's a response it's in response to the Cubs like acting as if they're the worst team in baseball and Theo Epstein basically threatening all these changes so that's yeah. what it's in, in response hey, What about you Frank? Any uh, thoughts on these guys getting called up? Theis for the Angels, Robel Garcia for the Cubs?
2: Uh, for the most part, I agree with Scott. I don't know that these guys are relevant in your standard 12-teamers. Uh, anything deeper than that, like a 15-teamer, like Theis might be fine option there because he's probably going to play most often at third base. I saw that's what they're doing today. They moved David Fletcher back over to second. So he does have some good OBP, a solid contact hitter in the minors, a uh, decent power as well. And, and Robel Garcia, yeah, it's an interesting one for the Cubs because I saw Chris Bryant was scratched today from the lineup. So maybe they just want some infield depth there. I just don't know where the playing time is going to come for Robel Garcia. I uh, did have 21 home runs so far in the minors between AA and AAA, but I think in, in deeper leagues, I would be more inclined to lean with Matt Theis because I think at least he's going to have some consistent playing time for the foreseeable future, and I think a
0: lot more team name opportunities. His name, his last name is spelled T H A I S S, but Thais, <laughs> Thais, Thice baby, Vanilla Thais. Just a lot of opportunities there.
1: Joe Thaisman.
0: Joe, oh, that's great. <laughs> uh, domestic violence charges against Odubel Herrera were dropped, so he's currently on administrative leave. His situation will be reevaluated by MLB on Friday. Rich Hill's on the 60-day IL with a forearm strain. Blake Trinan's off the IL. And Willie Calhoun has actually worked out at second base. So that could be an interesting way to get him in the lineup. We'll see what happens. Uh, Frank, let's get you caught up on Scott's first round before we get into Scott's second round. You're also going to give us some, some trade candidates. But, Scott,
1: do you have your first round handy? I do. I do. I will rattle off the names real quick since we already kind of analyzed it a couple yeah. of days ago. First is Mike Trout, second Christian Yelich, third Cody Bellinger. That's pretty easy, those three. Uh, Four, Mookie Betts, five, Nolan Arenado, six, Matt Scherzer. Seven, I think, is the first controversial one, especially since Adam's trying to claim he's had three bad starts in a row. Chris Sale. It's it's true, (laughs) Uh, yes. It depends on what you think of as bad, I guess. They're, bad. Um, they're 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 the thirteen on runs and sixteen and two thirds over his last three starts. Uh, yeah. I mean, his last start was ten strikeouts in six innings, seven total base runners allowed, one home run. How many runs? Um, five. Oh, but, but
0: get out of town, Scott White.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I just it's all about
2: strikeouts, Adam. Apparently, I
1: think, I think you're. You put up that line. It's rare that you're going to see five runs scored, well, but it happens. Just a, a
0: Frank. Yeah, we, uh, deal, we deal we uh, do with theoretical stats there. here. Yeah. yeah, no, I get it. I, but you know, the numbers are the numbers. See, so um... exactly. Well, gave up five runs. On focusing on ERA. ERA matters. Scott. Who, who else? <laughs> who's
1: next after Chris Sale? <laughs> All right. Chris Sale was seventh, eighth. Francisco Lindor ninth. Garrett Cole tenth. Freddie Freeman. I'm going faster through the harder part. Uh, 11th, Ronald Acuna, which might be low for some, I'll point out. And then 12th is Trevor Story. So again, real quick, Trout 1, Yelich 2, Bellinger 3, Betts 4, Arenado 5, Scherzer 6, Sale 7, Lindor 8, Garrett Cole 9, Freeman 10, Acuna 11th, and Trevor Story 12th. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I like it. Frank, you like it? What do you think? Yeah, I like it. I almost wonder if uh, more people are going to lean on those dependable aces. I'm sure we'll see some of those guys in the second round, just because the landscape that pitching has been, you know, so far this season, it's been god awful. So I-, I think if there are any other pitchers that you can trust earlier, then maybe you see those guys sneak in the first round. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, yeah. nah, I can't, I can't really, you know, make any yeah. arguments against those guys. I think that's going to be the consensus top three next year too. You might be able to swap Yelich and Trout, but yeah, I, th- I think that's the top three for sure.
0: All right, let's get to round 2 then, Scott.
1: All right, round 2. Kicking off round 2 is somebody who I liked a lot in round 1 this year, Alex Bregman. Uh and I think you could maybe move him up a couple spots if it's a points league scenario, more walks and strikeouts that helps a lot. But it, you know, I I feel like he should have a higher batting average than he does. Uh low BABIP. You know, I he, he's been really good and I think he's underperformed what he should be. So he's thirteenth. Fourteenth is a guy I actually forgot when it was first published. And then like an hour into it being published, I, I suddenly had this epiphany. Oh, I forgot JD Martinez. <laughs> so I shoehorned them in that him in there at number fourteen. Uh which I you know, I I think he's underperformed. His peripherals and could have a monster second half that earns him top five consideration next year. But him being 32, you know, that's going to make it that that's going to be a detraction in and of itself. He'll be 32 next year. Fifteenth is Aaron Judge. Sixteenth is an exciting name, Fernando Tatis.
0: (laughs) Ah, yeah. All right. Okay.
1: Now I've I've mentioned a few times on the podcast. I feel like. Well, I I mean, it goes, he's got like a 460 bat, so it goes without saying the batting average is going to come down, uh, and I think a lot, but he's also 20 and doing what he's doing, so (laughs) forecast any uh, growth there. Yeah, I don't don't think this is a stretch. 17th, we get to our next pitcher. Uh, Last one was Garrett Cole at 9. 17th is Justin Verlander, okay? Obviously downgraded because he'll be entering his age 37 season. That's kind of risky. Eighteen is Trey Turner. Probably drop him a couple spots in points leagues. Maybe even drop him out of the second round in points leagues, but he is still the most prolific steel source who contributes something other than steals. All right, let's let's uh, stop there. Let's do six at okay. a time. Frank, let's okay.
0: get your take. Thirteen through seventeen or is it eighteen? Thirteen through eighteen, pardon me. It's too late. Yep. It's not it's nine it's nine forty five at night, everybody. I'm exhausted. <laughs> alex bregman jd martinez aaron judge fernando tatis justin verlander and trey turner uh bregman martinez judge tatis verlander turner what do you think
2: uh yeah i don't have any huge issues with it i mean aaron judge i'm gonna you know hopefully he could stay healthy in the second half we'll see what he does there i mean it's you know a lot of the a lot of the names that you know I was expecting to be here in the second round are pretty much guys that have stayed healthy. But yeah, I almost forgot about Aaron Judge. Uh, but yeah, you can't deny the bad of data what what he does. Uh, obviously, when he's healthy, but can he stay healthy? It seems like him and Giancarlo Stanton are almost too jacked for their own good. I don't I don't know if that's, like, a real thing. But when it comes to baseball, it might actually be a real thing. Yeah. So uh, that's something that I would pay attention to. But, uh, yeah, Trey Turner absolutely should be in there because, I mean, his stolen base upside, you know, freak injury that he that he suffered earlier on in the season. Fernando Tatis, I think that's, you know, probably the name that sticks out the most uh, because, I mean, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to ruin anything that's going to come here in the second half of this second round. But uh, a comparable player to him, Javi Baez – he's done it for a couple of years now. So, uh, I, I think that's uh, that's a pretty interesting scenario, but yeah, I mean, look, you can't argue with what Tatis has done. I know a lot of the stat cast numbers, the expected batting average and the expected stats, uh, say that he is going to regress, but you watch the kid play and you almost have to throw those numbers out the window, uh, because he just, he does phenomenal things. And again, that power speed combination that he possesses and, and what he's doing at his age, uh, you can't really argue with it. So yeah, I, I, I I like all those. I don't have a problem with it. Uh, Scott, are, are these points
1: or roto? They're neither. They're non-committal. <laughs> I make okay. uh I I point out in the write-up that uh certain players might be a little higher or lower depending on the particular format, but Yeah, cuz there's one yeah. guy in a
0: points league that I think maybe should be off the board like right about now. And okay.
1: we'll see if I get to him. Yeah, I I I anticipate. think, I, will. I, think I, I know who you're talking. Yeah, to. I anticipate
0: he'll be. He's he's. I'm gonna guess he's 20. But let's see who 19 is first.
1: <laughs> if it's who I think it is, he is 20. Um, <laughs> All right, let's go. 19 is Jacob Degrom. Okay, I would move him ahead of Trey Turner in a points league. Uh, 20, who I would also definitely move ahead of Turner, is his teammate Anthony yeah, Rendon. Yeah, that's the one. He's so that's good in the points one. leagues. He's so so good in points leagues. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's been he's 29 and and going above and beyond power production he's ever shown before. So that in and of itself is, I think, reason you have to downgrade him, looking into next year. But you know, obviously, I'm not that much. Uh, 21st, Charlie Blackman, who will be 34 next year. Now, interesting about Charlie Blackman, his fantasy points per game, which again is a one. Sided way of looking at things format-wise. But his fantasy points per game, uh, I believe last I checked, it was second only to Christian Yelich.
0: Wow. And and, so. and he has an OPS under 700 at home, uh, on the road.
1: On the road.
0: <laughs> it, it be, it's yeah, like it's I mean, horrible. I, I feel
1: like it's kind of unfair because we were kind of assessing him at the end of an unsustainable hot streak. But nonetheless, okay, interesting note there. Uh, Josh Bell checks in at 22nd. There you go. Josh Bell. All right. Yes. Exciting new name. All right. 23rd. uh, Because I had some trouble settling on who should be the sixth starting pitcher off the board after uh, Scherzer, Sale, Cole, Verlander, and DeGrom. I decided it should be Walker Bueller.
0: Whoa. Oh, interesting. Didn't see that coming.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean... You 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 kind of take out the adjustment period last season, and you take out what was essentially his spring training since he skipped spring training this April, and his numbers are absurd, absurdly good. And the Dodgers have been haven't been careful about letting him pitch into games. They're they're letting him go as deep as I don't think I can. I I
0: can't argue it. I can't argue. Yeah, he's been really
1: good, and I think he could. You know, he's still so young. He could get better. Uh, And then twenty fourth is. You know, I, I kind of, I kind of made Bueller sixth instead of who I have twenty fourth here because I was scared <laughs> from all the Blake Snell backlash. But I do have Blake Snell tw- Snell twenty fourth, rounding out the second round.
0: All right, so Frank, the last eight for Scott after Bregman, J.D. Martinez, Judge, Tatis, Verlander, Trey Turner, we have Jacob Degrom, Anthony Rendon, Charlie Blackman, Josh Bell, Walker Bueller, and Blake Snell. What do you think?
2: Uh, Yeah, it's hard to argue with this, too. Javier Baez does not sneak into the second round here for Scott. Uh, I think that's interesting. I think him and uh, Fernando Tatis are similar players. They both strike out a lot. Tatis probably has more speed, Uh, but, you know, Javier Baez, man, the power has been there now for, what, two straight seasons, so uh, that's interesting, Uh, but you know, Blake Snell, uh, can't look, the skills are absolutely still there. And, you know, I think I have a feeling we're going to get to him a little bit later on. Uh, but it, with Walker Bueller, I agree 100%. I mean, you look at that, that first month of the season, uh, basically March and April, and, and that was his spring training a lot like Chris Sale, uh, because both guys went deep into the postseason. They, they pitch into the world series. Um, and, and you know, basically since May on, he's, pitched like you know one of the five or six best starting pitchers in baseball the skills have been there the swinging strike rate is up uh so yeah i can't argue with that i I agree 100 percent i actually did like a a rest of season rankings for starting pitchers and i had walker bueller as my sixth ranked starting pitcher so uh, i can't argue with that uh maybe the one thing is i I would try to get javier Baez somewhere in there but i understand you know with pitching the way that it is uh if you want to have blake snell in the top 24 i i can't argue with it
1: yeah, and that's that was kind of my thinking too. What you were saying when we were talking and when we were recapping the first round is is that I, I tried to make a conscious effort to get more high end arms there because I'm finding that's that's all I really want to trade for. There's so much. Yeah. Uh, there's so many uh, duplicates at all the hitter positions. Um, you know, redundancies, I guess is a better word, but yeah, I, I did in the column form of this. I, uh, I had a notable omission section with eight names. One of them was Baez. the main reasons I left him out five for 10 in stolen bases this year. So that I'm not confident that's really going to be a part of his game anymore. Uh, and the other one is he's losing second, second base eligibility, uh, unless he suddenly starts playing there, hasn't played there at all this year. So that hurts his value, too. The other notable omissions, I'll just list them, and if you want to comment on any of them, that's fine. Pete Alonso, Jose Altuve, Shane Bieber, who would probably be my seventh pitcher, Joey Gallo, that was a tough one, mm-hmm. Cattell Marte, Gary Sanchez, and George Springer.
0: Oh, yeah. Sanchez, I think, is really interesting with that position scarcity and just putting, putting 2018 behind him. Um, I I'm surprised that Alberto Mondesi was not an omission, you know, a not, noteworthy omission because he has 27 steals with an IL stint. He leads baseball in steals. He's definitely not a second round pick in a points league, but in a roto league, I really think there's a very strong case to be made for Mondesi. Quite frankly, the way Elvis Andrews has been playing, he's got 19 steals and a three oh nine batting average. That's mid third round
1: probably. But Mondesi, yeah, that's it, it's it's hard to say it's hard to trust that andrews is going to be this aggressive of a base stealer right. going forward. uh is a Mondesi, different yeah. scenario. Yeah. but you know it just it just it just becomes a case where there's too many high end hitters and and also if you're going to emphasize pitching. i mean i only included shane beeper among the honorable mentions because you know i i only wanted to include, i listed a bunch of other potential candid, candidates with them. Uh, but if you're going to if if third base ends up being a popular round for starting pitchers, which it often is, third round, then I have a hard time. Yeah. Well, this would basically be what we're talking you about. Said with the emissions, you said third base you said Third base. Sorry. Yeah. Third round. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Then then it, it, I think it's going to push somebody like Mondesi out. Maybe not in a roto league. If we're doing it roto specific, maybe you could make the Casey's there. I I made the Casey belong there this year, but. I, I would have a hard time these eight names, and then you throw a few more pitchers on top of it. I would have a hard time taking Mondesi over any of them.
0: Yeah, I, Frank, I'll get your take on this. I think by the end of the year, you know, Bieber's got a lot going for him, um, but I still feel like like Nola and Bauer could easily be could easily be that seventh pitcher. I'm sure there are some guys I'm forgetting too. It just feels weird that Shane Bieber would be the number seven pitcher. In rankings, uh, what about Hyunjin Ryu? By the way, throwing that out there. Um, and what about Lucas Giolito? Man, Lucas Giolito's better than Shane Bieber.
2: Well, oh, come on, Adam.
0: <laughs> he why might be. be. Why
2: not? It's close. It's close. Yeah, it is close. I just feel like the skills for Bieber, man. I'm looking at I'm looking at it right now. Like the swinging strike rate, the chase rate for him over 11 Ks per nine is his walks per nine are under two. I, I think that's where Bieber edges out Giolito is that you still have these games every now and then where Giolito gets in trouble with the walks. You don't really have those issues with Bieber. Whereas, you know, like last year, uh, you know, Bieber was pitching a little bit too much inside the zone. It, it seems like he's he's righted that, and he's getting, you know, opposing batters to chase pitches more outside the strike zone now, and it's led to a huge uptick in strikeouts. And his, you know, his ERA indicators, too, like his XFIP and his Sierra are both, you know, sub-325. So yeah, he's pretty legit. I, I think it's close between Bieber and Giolito, but I, I agree with Scott. I think I would lean slightly with Bieber here.
0: Okay. Yeah, man. It, if Strasburg, like, I, I'll never trust him to stay healthy, but he's another guy that, if he does stay healthy this year, uh, maybe has just like one minimum IL sin or something like that. People might be tempted to take him because he's obviously really good. He had a great start tonight. Uh, okay. So let's uh, let's move on. It's definitely going to be a longer show than I anticipated, but. <laughs> Frank, you got some buy lows and some sell highs, and then we will— Oh, let's, let me talk about Dylan Cease real quick, guys. 55% owned in CBS leagues. I watched a lot of his start, and I had a very, very big wave of emotions. Uh, this was very—I angry. I, I was rooting for him. I started him. Very angry in the first inning. Like, throw strikes, dude. Just throw strikes. Because He walked two or three in the first inning, and he hit a batter. And then he gave up a stupid two-run single. And then he pitched really well, and the, the home run he gave up in the fifth inning was wind aided. It was not a well, it was an okay hit ball by Candelario, but the wind took it out. Uh, Cease ends up going five innings, getting the win, striking out six, 13 swinging strikes on 101 pitches, only 61 strikes, four walks, and a hit batsman. Yeah, I, like his stuff is really good. His fastball is like 97. But boy, he he has trouble finding the strike zone. So, <laughs> uh, Frank, what are your expectations for Dylan Cease going forward?
2: Uh, I like him a lot. Uh, I know he wasn't performing well at, at AAA so far this year, but you look at all his other minor league numbers throughout his minor league career before this season, and uh, really impressive stuff. You know, yeah, that fastball as you mentioned it was you know it was upper nineties today. He's got a he's got a wipeout slider as well. Had the 13 swinging strikes today. Uh, yeah, I think he just. I think he had nerves in the first inning. I think he really got caught up there. He had the three walks, the hit by pitch. Uh, his next four innings after that, he only allowed three hits, one run. That was the home run, one walk, and six strikeouts in his next four innings. So really settled down here. Uh, I think he needs to work, uh, continue working on that curveball changeup, uh, developing, you know, that those third and fourth pitches. Right now, his Bread and butter is that fastball and that slider. Uh, but I think he's going to get every opportunity. Uh, I, I feel like the White Sox need starting pitching. I, I don't know how much Yvonne Nova is going to help them down the stretch. So uh, I think that Dylan Cease is going to be in their rotation. Uh, and I feel like he should be owned in 12-team leagues or deeper. Uh, I worry a little bit about the whip, but I think that the strikeouts are going to be there for him for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I This this start was enough for me. If if he was still available in my league, I'd I'd, I'd be picking him up. I mean, it wasn't. Flawless, obviously, the walks, which we knew could be an issue, were an issue, but also you know, first major league start. I think for first major league start and as good as the the pure stuff looked, you're definitely buying in at this point if you hadn't already.
0: I think the strikeout rate is going to be really good for Dylan Cease. I think it could be a paddock scenario, except a little bit worse because his control isn't as good. We might get a lot of five-inning outings with six strikeouts or something like that, and that's... At the end of the day, not going to be great, but there, I don't have one league in which I'd let him be unowned. That's, you know, I think we all pretty much feel that way. I don't play in any 10-team leagues, but as Frank said, 12 teams deeper, you got to get yourself some some Dylan Seas. Uh, I'm going to guess Scott's not worried about Chris Sale. He gave up three home runs, nine hits, five runs, and five and two-thirds. So, Frank, are you worried at all about Chris Sale?
2: Uh, not really because, I mean, the skills are still phenomenal this year. The, the swinging strikes have been great the strikeouts are there i mean he's not walking as many guys uh, the velocity still fluctuates at times but i mean his, his underlying numbers his era indicators are are phenomenal too so i would expect him to be better uh, i feel like we say that about a lot of pitchers so far this season at some point that they do actually have to perform and put up the numbers that we expect them to uh, but yeah i would expect that from chris sale in the second half i mean before these past three starts he went on like a 10 11-start stretch where he was probably the most dominant pitcher in baseball again. So, uh, I'm not overly worried about it, no.
0: Okay. It's time to pick up Sonny Gray. If he's not already owned, he's 71% owned. It really hasn't been that great for fantasy, but it seemed like you just looked at the numbers and he could certainly be better. And he goes eight innings, does not give up a run. Four hits, one walk, 12 strikeouts against Milwaukee. Uh, Scott, are you ready to drop you Darvish? He struggled against the Pirates. That game's still going on, but he and Chris Archer are both out. I mean, Ar- Archer, eight strikeouts, but, you know, like, uh, you know, it's Chris Archer. But Darvish, look, no walks. That's great. Six and two-thirds, seven seven hits, four runs, six strikeouts, two home runs allowed, Scott. Uh, drop or hold? You, Darvish.
1: I'd be more likely to drop Archer than Darvish because it feels like this is how good Archer is when he's good now. You know, five innings, good K-rate, high whip. Hey, what is that really worth?
0: Well, I don't so know. According to you know, as long as the strikeouts are good, you know. Well, I mean, <laughs> pitching for the pirates. <laughs> no, Adam, uh,
1: you're you're oversimplifying. I
0: know, I know, I know.
1: Just like you were on the other end too, arguing that Chris Yeah, anyway. Um I mean, I, I I I don't think Darvish you have to roster him. Like I, I don't think it's like if, if, if he was your worst player and you know, dropping him was your way to pick up Dylan Cease, I you know, I don't think you know, I, I think that's something we're doing. But I I would rather hold on to him um because it feels like something is just a little off there. Like it, it feels like in terms of having the ability to overpower hitters with this stuff, he he can still do that. And I, I feel like it, it it could just click for him one day, and then he's an ace. And you know, investing a bench spot in him in the meantime is is a small sacrifice to make for the most, but potentially what's the most coveted asset in fantasy baseball this year?
0: Yeah. All right. That's you, Darvish. Um, just final thought. Mike Clevenger is having a an excellent start against the Royals. No walks, nine strikeouts. I, I think scoreless through six innings for him. Something like that. Uh, Frank, I'm gonna give you two minutes. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put some pressure on you here. Two minutes to talk about four buy-low candidates. You think you can handle that? I will try my best. All right. If you don't do it, like I'm gonna play you off <laughs> with with music.
2: <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead,
0: sir. You're on the clock.
2: righty. So, uh, yeah, I have a uh, four prime buy-low candidates for the second half. Uh, first one being J.T. Real Muto. I know uh, a lot of people who. Drafted JT Riomuto, probably invested in an early round pick him, so it might be kind of hard to pry him away. I would probably try a two-for-one scenario where I'm giving up a lesser catcher and maybe like an extra hitter or pitcher, whatever the Riomuto owner needs. But uh, his underlying numbers, his, his stat cast numbers, his expected batting average, expected slugging are all much higher than his actual batting average and slugging right now. And I would ex- expect his numbers to be better uh, in Citizens Bank in the second half. Uh, especially considering he's left Marlins Park and his numbers this year are worse than they were last season. So I expect Real Muto to be better in the second half in that Phillies lineup. Uh, the next one is Matt Olson, obviously of the uh, Oakland A's, hit a home run again last night. Uh, another guy who just makes a, a ton of hard contact and hits a ton of fly balls. The average exit velocity is actually up this year for Matt Olson And his expected batting average the past couple of seasons, he's been around like 240, 250, which is like right in line with his batting average normally. Uh, this year it's up around 270. So we might actually see some positive regression in the batting average department. And he still has 17 home runs and he missed like six weeks out of the season. So it wouldn't surprise me if he has like this monster second half where he hits 20 home runs or something like that. Blake Snell, I feel like everyone thinks Blake Snell is a buy low candidate right now, especially uh, it's going to be harder after his last start. Where he went out and dominated, had a, a double-digit strikeout performance, but his his skills are basically the same as they were last year. Except last year he was really lucky in the Babbitt department, and this year he's basically really unlucky in the Babbitt department. Uh, he's basically just you know been hit with a bunch of uh, soft liners, some bloopers that have fallen in. Uh, I feel like he's just had some bad luck, uh, basically the opposite of last year. But the skills are still there, so I trust Blake Snell. I'm sure Scott does based on his uh, his two round mock draft heading into next season. And, and then Brandon Woodruff. I just don't think that Brandon Woodruff gets the respect that he deserves right now. Uh, he has a high threes ERA. It wouldn't surprise me if it gets much. Oh, sorry, uh-oh. dude. Am I timing? Yeah, out
0: that's two minutes. <laughs> wow.
2: No trade for Brandon Woodruff.
0: That's <laughs> nah, all right. You can finish your thought on Brandon Woodruff. I'm just being patriotic okay. today.
2: I, I just, uh, I really like his arsenal. I like his, uh, his swinging strikes I like his underlying skills as well. I know that he pitches in Miller Park, so it's not the best pitching environment to be in. uh, But I feel like he's a little bit undervalued right now. Uh, I feel like he should be valued more like a top 30, maybe even top 25 starting pitcher rest of season. So I really like Brandon Woodruff. If if someone in your league is not buying into as good as he's been, I certainly am.
1: Scott, what'd you think of that? That was pretty good. Yeah, I am as high on all of those players as I think Frank is. So that's cool. I I co-sign. To right, that, that list.
0: Ray Muto, even Matt Olson, that was the one that I thought maybe you wouldn't be.
1: Well, it's a deep position. Uh I think he is, could be one of the most prolific home run hitters at the position though. You know, kind of a one-note player in that way. Um but yeah, I, I don't know. Did you did you say a certain range for where you think Olson's going to end up? Frank in terms of like first base rest of season because I know I have him like I think he's probably outside of my top 15 just because it's such a deep position but
2: you know yeah it is a deeper position but I I would I think that he's capable of going on one of these I mean we've seen him do it you know the first year that he was called up and he went on that crazy run I'm not expecting that but we know what he's capable of uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if he goes on like a twenty-plus home run streak in the second half of the season. So uh, power is up, but that means you need more power to compete. So uh, I think Matt Olson is someone who's capable of having that monster second half. So yeah, I'm buying. I uh, I think he's probably like right around that top twelve. You know, maybe slightly outside of that, but twelve to fifteen range. I think that makes a lot of sense.
0: All right, so yeah, just all right. We'll get to your sell. We'll get to your sell highs. Uh, Olson just a lot better than he was last year same batting average but the slugging percentage is more than a hundred points higher He's actually he's actually been a lot better than i realized but he's a yeah. streaky guy and he's he's on a heater right now uh all right i'm gonna give you since there's only three guys on your cell high list i'm gonna give you a minute and a half and you know i'm gonna play that music so minute and a half frank you are on the clock right right now go
2: uh so if anyone was following me before i've uh, joined this podcast here um I was very frustrated with Daniel Murphy earlier on in the season because he was not getting everyday playing time. I'm pretty sure it was because he was not completely healthy, but um, he has been playing more recently. But I still feel like the numbers are a little bit fluky so far this season. Uh, He hasn't given you the batting average that you were hoping for, only 277, uh, only six home runs. And his expected batting average this year is actually 228. The past, the the previous three seasons, his expected batting average was over 300. So uh, if anyone's still buying into the name that is Daniel Murphy and the fact that he plays in Coors Field for the Colorado Rockies, I would try to sell him for someone who I think is a little bit more consistent, who we don't have uh, injury concerns about or age concerns, I guess, for that matter, when it comes to Daniel Murphy. Uh, This next one. Really pains me to say because I I love watching Luis Castillo pitch, but I feel like these walks are going to catch up to him at some point. He's averaging four and a half walks per nine. That's pretty much Robbie Ray territory, and he pitches in Great American Small Park in in Cincinnati. And if that that home run rate just regresses a little bit closer to to where it was last year with as many batters as he's walking, I I think that we're going to see a bunch of, you know— two run, three run, maybe even like Grand Slam home runs coming against uh, Luis Castillo. So those walks just really worry me uh, when it comes to him. And then with Trevor Bauer, uh, you know, you saw it yesterday, too. Is He's just massively inconsistent. I'm really starting to think that last year was the outlier season for Trevor Bauer, because if you look at every other year, he's basically been the same pitcher. Uh-oh, I'm in trouble again. I'm sorry, Adam.
1: <laughs> I Rick-rolled you. I Rick-rolled you. Yeah. I can support that. I well, can support you know, that. like if you've ever seen the Oscars or whatever, they 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 hear it, they acknowledge it, but they keep talking. They do keep I talking about. This really is like big. super loud.
0: This is a lot louder than the Oscars. Um, were okay.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. So I like I barely even paying attention because I was so excited to play to Rick roll you, and I was like looking <laughs> at your pace, and I was like, oh, he's good. He's going over totally. No, I actually was paying attention. The walks are weird for Castillo. The inconsistency is annoying for Trevor Bauer. Um. I don't know that's the time to sell high, though, because I feel like maybe last start would have been. But
1: I do feel like it's sort yeah. of a start-to-start basis. I'm not sure yeah. what I could get for Bauer. And I don't, know, I don't know, Frank, if you meant it quite this way. But I, I feel like, like people who say, oh, it, 2018 was an aberration for Trevor Bauer, they forget how bad he was before Trevor Bauer. I mean, he basically had the second half of 2017 where he was good, but that's it. He was, he was just not a good pitcher before then. He's been good this year. And like, I feel like his inconsistencies apart from like Justin Verlander and certainly Max Scherzer's come around or uh, just the, 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 uh, the best of the best starting pitchers. But even among like the ACE tier, I think Bauer's inconsistency has been shared by many in a season where uh, like, Uh, Any pitcher can just get blindsided by a bad home run start and and everything gets inflated.
0: Right. Well, that's why I think just Shane Bieber as your SP7 and not even being outlandish is is just proof of what we've seen at this position. It's been a really weird year. I'm trying to see where Bauer ranks in Roto. He's actually 15th in points at starting pitcher. He's not going to be quite as good. I think he's going to be outside the top 20 in Roto. Uh, I'll look that up now. A couple things I want to promote for you, though. Thank you, Frank. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I did it for comedy. <laughs> I did it for comedy. That's fine. Okay. I appreciate it. Okay, good. Uh, okay, so uh, the World Series of Poker is going on right now, and you can watch it on CBS All Access. It's, uh, it's actually now through July 16th. It's the 50th year of the most popular poker tournament in the world. And on CBS All Access, you can get that on the CBS app or at cbs.com slash poker. So the CBS app or cbs.com slash poker. You can get a free trial. Start watching today. Don't miss any of the action. And also, we have a lot of other podcasts that you should know about. CBSsports.com slash podcasts. You can see a list of them there. You can subscribe right there. or on Spotify. Please listen to us on Spotify. Help us kind of move up the Spotify rankings. And, um, yeah, check it out. The State of Combat podcast is the big one this week because it's a big week in MMA, Uh, college football, gearing up. College basketball, NFL, our pick six podcast, and obviously fantasy football today. And I'm sure, oh, golf! We have the first cup podcast. I think three times a week covering golf. All right, let's read some emails. Fantasy baseball at cbsi.com from Lewis. Has anyone written to you that they've tried out the Dodgers starting pitcher strategy you talked about at the beginning of the year? I just remember that I saw uh, Hill, Stripling, and Arias on the waiver wire. I actually do think someone wrote that and it's worked out. Chris wrote about that just like draft nothing but Dodgers starting pitchers basically. And it's like, it's a brilliant strategy. They've all been good. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, pretty much, right? And uh I think it probably has worked. I, yeah, I mean it I I guess it just it just depends on how you're interpreting this. I Like, if if the interpretation is, if you happen to end up with only Dodger starter, your stats are going to be pretty good. But to ensure you get every Dodger starter would have required some reaching uh, because, you know...
0: Ah, why do you say that? I don't think so. I think that was the cool thing about it.
1: But the thing is, if you just miss out on one, then the strategy, you, you did not follow the strategy, right? Uh, like yes. to to that's ensure true. you hit on all of them, it's going to require you to go to the extra. Like, and maybe maybe I'm you know being a little too strict on the other end. And like, oh well, I got three, of the four, four, of the five, whatever. That's good enough. Yeah, the Dodgers have a lot of good pitchers, and you want
0: good pitchers.
1: So I I don't know.
0: Well, it was just it was you know because Kershaw had the injury, so he got pushed back. Stripling was yeah. out of the rotation. Arias was out of the rotation. Rich Hill always falls because of injury. Ryu always falls because of injury concerns. Maeda, I'm not really sure. Like he's kind of the he, but a 175th overall in ADP, right ahead of uh, right behind Rich Hill. So they just for as good as they were because of injury concerns. I think all of them were pushed down, except maybe Walker Bueller. But then he got hurt, right? <laughs> so uh, in spring training, he got yeah. Hurt, yeah. So I think it made it kind of possible. All right, let me get Frank in on the next email here. Uh, it's from Brendan. Rank these pitchers rest of season in a points league: Jack Flaherty, Jesus Lazardo, Griffin Canning, and Zach Gallen.
2: Oh man, this one this one uh, hits close to the heart because I, I have multiple shares of Jack Flaherty this year, and after last night, I mean, it's just been an absolute disaster. I, I think it's. His last six starts, he has a 7.12 ERA. That's uh, that's not going to cut it. Uh, but I would I would rank it – I would actually – I would put Griffin Canning first on this list. I know that his uh, ERA estimators are a lot higher than his ERA, but the swinging strike rate is extremely high. I really like what I've seen from him. Uh, and I know it's a points league, so you want innings. But, you know, Jack Flaherty isn't going all that deep into games either. He's just been – he's struggled so much with walks and home runs. So I would probably go Canning, Flaherty, Gallon. And then unfortunately, rank Luzardo last because he got hurt last night. Uh, you know I was really looking forward to him uh, getting closer to returning. He was pitching well in rehab, but uh, with him getting hurt, I-, I would rank him last on this list, so canning Flaherty, gallon, Lozardo is the ranking for me. Okay, yeah.
0: yeah, what do you think, Scott? How would you rank him?
1: uh i I think I would do the same, uh, and Luzardo and look Flaherty only dropped. I would have had Flaherty first prior to yesterday's start, but it's you know it's been a little too much badness to continue to justify that. So I would have the same order. Luzardo. We don't know the extent of the injury, but it it's you know it's it's a lat injury, so it could be something that sidelines him the rest of the season, or you know he might not miss his start. Like we just don't really know. And uh, I think I'd play it safe right now and put him last from B. B says that we glossed over Joey Lucchese.
0: He has been dealing. He plays in the perfect park. I would make a bet involving Joey Lucchese versus any pitcher that you pick, excluding Max Scherzer, <laughs> post-All-Star break in my fantasy points in my ESPN points league. Just let me know who your pitcher of choice is, and I'll take Lucchese, and we'll talk bet parameters later. I'm, I'm thinking that there is some weird scoring system in his league where, like, Joey Lucchese, for whatever reason, gets four times as many points as everyone else. <laughs> because he's obviously not going to be the second-best pitcher. <laughs> I, I don't know that we've really just, like, glossed over him. He had a really good stretch. Um. Wh- okay, wh- what's your level of interest, Frank, in Joey Lucchese? Uh,
2: I like Joey Lucchese. Uh, I i <laughs> I feel like he's being a little bit overvalued here. Maybe little. this guy's a Padres fan or or maybe it's Joey Lucchese himself, uh emailing <laughs> in here. Uh but you know, almost a strikeout per inning. The the walks have been down this year, so that's good. Uh, you know, a three nine one ERA one one three whip in this environment of pitching. I mean that's certainly viable. You know, if he's your SP five on your team, S P four, I think that's perfectly fine. I like him. I, I don't I don't like him more than Max Scherzer. No.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I probably are. He's unfortunately back to not going deep into games. His last two starts, it's got a. There was a nice trend where he was going six innings. Last two starts, five innings and five and a third. So I think that's going to really kind of determine his value. All right, let's go to our next one. This is from Bill. Dear Balky and cousin Larry, I'll leave it to you to determine which is Adam and which is Scott.
1: Yeah, I don't really know a lot of perfect strangers right that's yeah 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 never seen it
0: frank's too young frank doesn't know perfect strangers
2: i have no idea what this is
1: i mean i'm i feel like i'm too young so you're my age i know but you 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 were watching like yeah grown-up shows when you were six i was yeah well my brother's 10 years older so nine
0: and a half years old uh i'm balky i I, balky's the weird one i think that's me I have an upcoming. I could be wrong. I have an upcoming roster crunch when Correa comes off the IL in a points league. Uh, Darvish, Flaherty, John Gray, Canning, Gallen, Lizardo, Stroman. Who do I drop? Darvish, Flaherty, Gray, Canning, Gallen, Lizardo, and Stroman. You're definitely not dropping John Gray, and or Griffin Canning. I guess. Uh, I guess Lizardo, if he's hurt, is the easy one. But let's say yeah. it's not that. Like, who's the drop? Who's the guy to drop? Scott.
1: Well, it's a points league, so that makes it easier to hold on to Stroman, I feel like. Uh, I would be inclined to say Gallen. Well, even though I just ranked him ahead of Luzardo two emails ago. But so. I t- but I took that yeah. off the table. I I, I want to know more about Luzardo's entry. I don't want to have this investment in him and then, you know, get scared away too early. So I would, I would say Gallen. I'm not confident he keeps his rotation spot when Caleb Smith comes back. And he's pitching for the Marlins, so, you know— there aren't going to be many wins there, even if he's great. Frank, this
0: one's for you, dear Francis, Malcolm, and Dewey. You know them, right? That's right up your. That's in your wheelhouse. Is it true? What is that? Francis, Malcolm, and Dewey? Come on, like, oh man, which which Uh-oh. of those three <laughs> names is in the middle between Francis, Malcolm, and Dewey?
2: Oh, all right, I got this. Okay, okay not the, the That's fair. <laughs> there was Malcolm four though. Reese.
0: Reese. Reese, right? Yeah, because this question's about Reese Hopkins. Reese Hoskins. Oh, clever. Do you see a second half surge vaulting Reese Hoskins into the elite
2: power hitters frank? Um I think he's going to be quite similar to the player he's been so far, which I mean, if you'd kind of just double his numbers so far, 19 home runs and 55 RBIs, he's on pace for almost 40 home runs and over 100 RBIs. I feel like that's pretty much what you were expecting from Reese Hoskins. Maybe, maybe a few more home runs. Uh, but you know he he's hitting a lot of fly balls again this year. His hard hit rate is up. So, yeah, maybe once we get into July and August, uh, you know a few of those start to fly out a little bit more in, in Citizens Bank Park. But I feel like for the most part we've we've gotten what we've expected from Reese Hoskins so far this year. So I would say he probably finishes the seasons with somewhere between like thirty six and forty home runs. So I. I don't, I don't I don't know if that helps at all. I think he's probably just gonna be like the same player he was in the first half, yeah. if anything
0: The problem is nineteen home runs that's thirty first in baseball right now <laughs> there are that there are so crazy. thirty players who are on pace for around forty home runs. that's just and there might be more because of injuries but there there are th- better way of saying it is there are thirty players that going into Wednesday night had hit twenty or more home runs. Holy cow, back to the emails. From Matt, oh, wow. Can, it, says, it says, can I drop him in a 14-team Roto League? He's so mediocre. However, the subject line of the email was the name of the player that he's talking about, and I didn't include that. <laughs> now, I know who he's talking about. Can I, I drop him in a 14-team Roto League? He's so mediocre, I paid $19 for him in an auction. All right, he's a left-handed pitcher that had sort of had a career revival recently, last uh-huh. three years basically. This year he's been pretty bad. Um, played- Jay hap, Jay hap, yeah, yeah. Scott wins. Can you drop Jay hap in a 14-team Roto League, Scott?
1: Yes, I've dropped him in a 12-team Roto League. Well, that's not as, that's,
0: that's not as hard as doing oh, it a yeah, 14-team. <laughs> <that's hard. laughs>
1: I, sound, I sounded so confident yeah, with that answer, yeah. too. That was dumb. What a dummy. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah, I still think it's justified. Bottom line is I just don't have any faith in him anymore. He's an old guy, he's not getting strikeouts. I I would be comfortable dropping him for probably in a roto league or reliever who's going to give me good ratios. Somebody like Austin Adams. Is that name right? The Mariners guy. Up Austin and guy. at them.
0: <laughs> uh am I, I I I'm having trouble thinking about the Yankees' rotation right now, but I feel like when they trade for a pitcher, J Haps. Out of the rotation That's my guess
1: Austin right. Adams is right Okay, good James Check Paxton,
0: Herman, Hap, Tanaka, Sabathia yeah. Next email This one's from Nick Oh, it's for the Fantasy Regulators Frank, are you familiar with the Fantasy Regulators? It's a newer segment of ours
2: Oh, of course I am Oh,
0: good, good Well, you, can you talk for a second while I cue up the Regulators music?
2: <laughs> regulators!
0: <laughs> Thank you Okay, there we go from Nick, would you approve of a requirement that anyone who objects to a trade must identify himself and give a reason for his objections or else I as commissioner will disregard the objection?
1: Uh I have I've pretty uh. much outlawed um the ability to vote on trades in my league so this this doesn't come up. However, the last time I had a league like this I proposed this exact same thing. Like it's so easy to just, Hey, eh, I, w- <laughs> I wish I could have made that trade. I'm going to say no, like right. not even really putting that much thought into it. It's just click. No, you know, like it, this forces somebody to think about, uh, you know, whether it's truly so egregious that it deserves to be over, overruled. And, um, I, I don't know that the commissioners should necessarily judge the merits of the case, but everybody reading it who hasn't voted yet is going to be judging the merits of it and possibly basing their decision on it. But mostly it just forces the person to actually think about it instead of so uh, recklessly clicking no.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm in favor of it. Frank, you good? Uh, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with Scott. Uh, I wouldn't, want vetoes in in my leagues at all but yeah i mean there's a lot of times where people just veto trades because oh i don't want the team ahead of me to get better that's not a good reason to ever veto a trade so yeah i agree wholeheartedly
0: okay well i'm glad that you are familiar with the fantasy regulators still listening (laughs) that's really cool thank you man uh are you familiar with the heath sigh
2: oh of course i actually heard scott sigh earlier in the show and i was gonna say that sounded a lot like heath
0: but you've got, like, the, the most recent heat sigh, <laughs> the one that people are now using, like, legitimately people are making their ringtone. Have you heard this one? Oh, yes. Okay, yeah. Oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> God, is I that creepy? I heard it on the football podcast, too. It's great. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's i am
1: put it all over the place. It Most of the time, it, it sounds more like a relieved sigh, though. right? It was not. It was a It was a sigh. Of fr- what I'm does sure it sound it
0: like? Let's see. Oh, yeah, it does sound like. I can picture like, him doing it. It does but. sound like a... Some, yeah. Yeah. It was an
1: open. He has the open mouth side And, and the gritted teeth side That was the open mouth <laughs> side <laughs> Awesome
0: Okay, f- uh, let's do some grade the trade here From Isaac, grade the trade in a points league Now Frank, I know you already know the rules But C is average, anything better than a C You win the trade, anything worse, you lose the trade uh, Points league Give up Giolito, Bumgarner And Starling Marte Giolito, Bumgarner And Starling Marte Get Clevenger and Snell Yeah, Uh, I I I would
2: say in a points league that is a B minus. Yeah, that's what I was
0: gonna say. It might be more than it might be. It might be an A. Starling Marte is not special in a points league. Scott, what do you think? Clevenger and Snell getting them for giving up Giolito, Bumgarner, and Marte.
1: Um, I don't. Feel like, uh, I, I don't feel like that's a clear— I mean, you're giving up two pretty good pitchers on Giolito. Like, like, if we're ranking all these pitchers, what is it? It's Snell, Giolito, Clevenger, Bumgarner. And yeah. you can make an argument Snell versus Giolito at the top, I feel like. So the person getting Snell and Clevenger I don't think is a huge victory over Giolito and Bumgarner. And then you throw in Marte. I, I, I think it's at best to see. Oh, it wow. It may be worse. Oh.
0: oh. No. Heath is not.
1: I don't want to
2: kill it. I don't what what kill does Heath think?
1: No, he's not
0: happy about it. He's not happy. <laughs> like, there's also a, right, Scott. When Scott does something good, but... Yeah, I didn't deserve it there. You're not getting though, it right? there. Yeah. All right, Bad from, Scott. From De- Scotty doesn't know. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that works, right? All right. Give, how about grade this trade from Devin? Give up Blake Snell... The pitcher, Brendan McKay, and Zach Wheeler, Snell, McKay, and Wheeler, for Judge, Nola, and Strowman.
1: Categories. I would give it a... I would give it a B. Uh, You're giving up more pitching in Snell and Wheeler than getting back Nolan and Strowman, and that's a difficult thing to get up, but it's the... You know, the the third player, Judge, over McKay, there's such a huge difference there that I would rather be on the Judge side of it. Especially yeah, with, that's was, with
2: the around. That's what I was thinking as well. I was thinking B uh, exactly, especially with Aaron Nola, His past three starts have been, uh, you know, the Aaron Nola that we were expecting coming into the season. Uh, and you get a borderline first-round pick in Aaron Judge. Yeah, I think B as well. That's what I was leaning with. Cody in Biloxi, Mississippi.
0: There's a movie called Biloxi Blues. Frank, you're not old enough to know it, but it exists. Two hundred and sixty. Yeah, I don't remember it at all. I just remember we had a tape with Biloxi Blues uh, cassette tape. You know, what cassette tape, sir. Like
1: my, uh, VCRs I of those
2: in my in my parents' house. We basically used to record every wrestling pay per view nice. ever known to man. <laughs> uh, well, that's
1: VHS, right? That's not.
0: Yeah, that's VHS. I was about to say oh, yeah, VHS, that's that's VHS, not cassette, not cassette. yeah,
1: not. Uh... <laughs> Not the old cassette.
0: What do you guys think about this uh, in a dynasty league? Four dollar, give up a four dollar Jack Flaherty, get a one dollar Kevin Biggio.
1: I'd still rather have the pitcher. I, mean, I haven't really lost faith in the skill set for Flaherty from like a dynasty standpoint. Like he clearly hasn't put it all together yet, but there, there's still the underlying skills still make him out to be a dominant pitcher, and that's. I like Biggio, but the, the you know. A good pitcher is much harder to find.
2: Okay, yeah, I agree with that. I would, I would rate it a C minus, um, only because Kevin Vigio is going to be much better in OBP leagues, which this is, uh, so that helps him. But yeah, overall, I agree. I think you know Jack Flaherty is going to end up being one of those uh, pitchers that you get at a at a steep discount next year, and that's that's going to have my interest. All
0: right, last one. Nathan says, "Grade the trade." Uh, he says, "Dear Bill, George, Lou, and Chelsea, did you hear I?" Uh... Did you hear I met Bill Clinton, (laughs) Frank?
2: (laughs) I did not. Oh, he missed that one. Mm, I missed it.
0: Yeah, I showed Uh, a picture of it. I told a story about it, and Scott was like, God, you egomaniac. (laughs)
1: Well, I I, I just imagine people listening to the show think we meet famous people all the time, which, of course, we know. What? Why
0: would anybody think that? We're fantasy
1: baseball hosts. I don't know. You don't think people listen thinking we're celebrities?
0: I don't think so. If they are, they're probably not very good at fantasy baseball because they're very wrong about us. Uh, give up Lance Lynn, get Hunter Dozier.
2: See, I would. I think it's a pretty fair trade. Uh, I really like what I've seen from Lance Lynn so far this year. He's he's gone through this you know renaissance of a season. He's using this cutter slider more this year. He's normally a very fastball predominant pitcher, but he's. Uh, He's been using that breaking pitch a little bit more this year. Uh, I really like what I've seen. I, I didn't expect that with him going to Texas, but uh Hunter Dozier has been really good as well. So you need a third baseman. Uh, you have to give something to get something. I, I think it's just a fair trade all around. So average, it's a C
1: from somebody who likes Hunter Dozier. I, I think it's, I think it's bad. I, I give it a D plus. Like I, I want the pitcher in pretty much every scenario. And I, I could, understand a case for selling high on Lance Lynn but this ain't it this isn't a sell high
0: All right well this show was literally twice as long as i expected it to be <laughs> So let's do one more segment it's called Let's Be Frank and this is where we learn about Frank Stample who's joining us for this awesome episode on this our, his Fourth of July um uh what what do we want to know Scott what do we want to know about him All right what are your what are your t- what TV shows you currently watching
2: uh, well, I'm very excited for Stranger Things which yes. it comes out tomorrow. Oh, that's right! Uh, Holy well, cow! Today, today, Stranger yeah. Things day. Wait, is it out uh, at yeah, midnight? So it it comes out at 4 a.m. Technically, because oh, of the West Coast
0: too. So. That sucks.
2: bunch of binge watching tomorrow, basically. But uh, yeah, Stranger <laughs> Things. I I was watching uh, Game of Thrones, uh, which just ended, and I you know did not love the ending. Obviously. Yeah. Um,
0: Welcome to the club. What
2: else am I watching right now? I just started True Detective season three.
0: Oh, it's terrific.
2: Yeah, I mean, I only watched the first episode so far, but I really enjoyed it. Season two Um, is
0: so bad. Season three is redemption. But I have great advice for you. Great advice for you with True Detective. Put the closed captioning on. I cannot understand a word that the
1: main character is saying. (laughs) He's a whisperer. I watch everything with closed captioning on. Uh, (laughs) I'm too, like, uh, OCD with my TV watching. Like, I don't want to miss a thing. If I'm devoting the time, I want to know everything that is said.
0: Yeah, I don't blame you. Well, a True Detective, you would you would certainly need your readers for. Um, yeah. What else, Frank? What else? Uh,
2: what else am I watching? Yeah, no, just... that's enough. Uh, is, <laughs> what's your what's your like top three top three bands or artists? Uh, top three bands. Uh, well, I'm all over the place with my uh, musical taste. Number one is Metallica. I've seen them live wow. like seven times so far. Interesting. Um, hmm. I guess next up. Yeah, I like a lot of metal and then hip hop randomly too. So I'll throw Kid Cudi in there That's and overall. then Max That's Miller. That's, That's my top it. three. It's pretty much all over the place.
0: Sorry, my iPad was freaking out there. I just put voiceover mode on, which just always takes me about ten minutes to figure out how to take this off. Um, I don't know who those other people are. I only know Metallica. So
2: <laughs> I'll like, send you some songs.
1: Kid Cudi's a uh like kind of a meta reference because remember my Kid Cody mishap from a couple of years ago? No, I don't. Uh, do you, Frank? <laughs>
2: uh, I don't. I'm sorry. Oh,
1: <laughs> I, I guess.
2: Fair question, though. Man,
1: I, I oh, overestimate what our audience thinks of us, clearly, in a couple ways.
2: Frank, did I keep
0: you way too long today? Because I totally lied to you about how long this show was going to take.
2: No, nah, I mean, I'd, let's do another hour, man. I'll <laughs> stick around.
0: <laughs> Alright, Scott and Frank are coming at you with another hour of Fantasy Baseball <laughs> today. Now, seriously, everybody, thanks for listening. Please enjoy your 4th of July. Uh, Send us your emails at at cbsi.com. We'll be back on Monday with another edition. Frank, thank you for joining us. It was great to have you.
2: Oh, thank you guys so much, man. This was a fanboy experience for me, and I'm, I'm happy you guys fulfilled that.
0: And he is at roto underscore Frank on Twitter, and he's on the Fantasy Sports Network on the Fantasy BFFs. Have a great weekend, everybody. Talk to you Monday.